You're listening to Built on Beavs, your weekly OSU Beavers podcast for fans and by fans. You can listen, subscribe, and share the show on your favorite podcast player and follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Built on Beavs and like the show on Facebook. Just search Built on Beavs. You can also contact the BOB crew by sending an email to builtonbeavs at gmail.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Impact Real Estate. Are you looking to buy a new home? You want a cozy fireplace to warm up to in your living room? Well, head on over to impactrealestate.com. The new sleek look of their website will be clear and concise with any questions you may have. If you even have more, contact Derek Manasco at 541-231-2157. He would love to help you out. Now on to the next episode of Built on Beeves with your B.O.B. crew, Zeke, Nate, and Eric. Welcome to Built on Bees. My name is Eric. I am joined by Zeke and Nate. On this episode, we're going to recap the Beavers' big win in football over Arizona this past Saturday, 56-38. Your Oregon State Beavers are now 4-4, four four, second in the Pac-12 North. You guys, what is going on with this Beavers team? More road wins than home wins. Yeah, I mean, happy for the Beavers. Don't get me wrong, but... I know we didn't have an episode last week, but I have to be transparent. I picked Arizona to win, therefore my perfect streak is over, but I'm glad it ended that way. Yeah, I'm glad to be back from vacation. Um, Are you though? I don't know. I feel like I'm still in vacation mode. I you, haven't, you're I missing have, Hawaii a little bit. I'm missing Hawaii a lot, but I haven't went back to work yet. So. Oh. Well, still in vacation mode then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually did end up picking the Beavers. We didn't have a show last week, so go figure. The one time I picked them, there's no record <laughs> it's not of it. on record, so I say we just discount it. And no. in our group text, Zeke just didn't text back, so we don't know what his pick was. Well, but I have a feeling it was the Beavers. Uh, yeah. So to check this out, so when I was in Hawaii, I did not check emails, Props text messages. You. I was on vacation. All I like right? that. And y'all already knew I was going to pick the Beavers. Yeah, yeah we're, we could we're safely pretty, guess that. Pretty sure about yeah. that. So, um, yes, yeah, so we, we took a bye week ourselves last week. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely we're going to dig into this game, and then we're also going to preview the upcoming matchup with the Washington Huskies coming in this Friday, and then we'll do the rundown at the end. But let's get into this game. Um, really an offensive onslaught by this Oregon State Beavers team. Yeah, 56. Man, that's a lot of points. Yes, it is. I might, it kind of got ruined for me. I had afternoon plans, so I wasn't able to watch it. So I was planning on watching the recording. And one of my friends kind of comes in. He's like, how about them beavers? So you already know, like, okay, well, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. They must be doing well. I checked the score at that point. It's 42 to 25 in the third. But, yeah, they put up some numbers. To be fair, sometimes people can say that sarcastically, too. So right. it could have gone either way. But I know with this guy, I'm like, no, nah, he... He means it. I could read it. So that was, I was disappointed at first that he gave it away, but obviously not disappointed with the outcome of the game. I watched the full game through and through. Um, it was exciting. It, it, it was. It, it's nice to see us at a level of competition where we're pulling out W's and, and, and we're dominating. You know. Yeah, we are. We're surprising some people. I think. Yeah. I mean. I know that, but yeah, three road wins. 
after having like won the last few years. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Colorado, I think, broke a streak last year. We joke right. that, man, let's put all of our games on the road in California, Arizona. Maybe it's the heat and the yeah. <laughs> nice weather. Yeah. And how about some of these numbers, too? Luton, 20 of 26 for 328 yards, three TDs. Wow. Uh, Pierce, 15 carries for 114 yards, a TD. And then Jefferson, 22 carries for 105 yards for three TDs. And then Hodgins, seven receptions, 150 yards for two TDs. So this Oregon State Beavers offense, 31 first downs, um, a total of 572 yards. Wow. That's fun to see that kind of balance attack of you mm-hmm. have two rushers going over 100 yards. Luton, 20 for 26. That's like huge completion per, completion percentage. So just seeing him execute and Hodgins having another good game, even though he got kind of banged up a little bit. So he's kind of missing out a little bit on the action. But, man, putting up those numbers. Was anybody else a little scared when they see him go down? Yeah. Because I know I was. I could, I could tell at first. My wife got kind of nervous, like, oh, is it a – ACL twist, but I could yeah. tell you kind of look like you just hyperextended it or something. Yeah, or just you, you could tell when tweaked it. something you got to walk off, you know. Yeah. But I mean, another huge game for Hamica Rashid. Mm-hmm. Like he's just tearing up the country. Four sacks. I mean, that's that's been for me the most exciting thing to see with this team and the improvements of just the the line and the backers and the rushing and mm-hmm. getting all those sacks and tackles for losses. That's fun to watch when you're like any point that defense can or Hamica can just bust through that line and take get a sack. You know, it's fun. Yeah. And for you, for those of you who don't know, Hamica Rashid, um, linebacker for the Beavs, he is the leading sack and tackle for loss um, in the Pac 12. That's huge. Yeah. That brings recognition mm-hmm. to your team and your program, which is what this Beaver team really needs. And, getting these wins is bringing people are starting to take notice of our program, which is going to help tremendously with recruits too. And so there's a lot of good stuff happening. It's nice to have a defensive player. That's an impact player. Mm -hmm. It's been a while since we've had someone like that um, for Oregon state. So, and you know, crazy to think too. I mean, this, this team can very much end up being bowl eligible by the end of the year. Yeah. So, which weeks ago didn't feel like that, but in mm-hmm. the beginning of the year, felt like this team had that potential, and now it's looks like it's being fulfilled that they do have that. That far surpasses, I think, anyone's expectations. You want to see a growth, you know. You want to see headed in the right direction. Which, I mean, <laughs> four wins already is like, wow. Okay, that's that's more than a lot of people predicted going into the year. I think we're still mm-hmm. projected by a lot of people two and a half wins. I mean. So we've already far exceeded that. Yeah, and one of the things I'm most excited about with this program and seeing what Jonathan Smith has done with it is that when they got tore down, bruised, they didn't let it break them. They let it build them. You know, and that's that's the difference between, you know, champion caliber teams and programs. Not saying, you know, they going to be says bowl um this year. But as far as building a program goes, to be able to face a defeat like the one against Utah, pick yourself back up on the road and pull off two wins. Yeah. And another good thing, too, coming off the bye, I think I was I was wondering how are they going to come up, come from that? Because you obviously look at it both ways. You're 
recovering from injury. So in ways you're thinking, yeah, you're going to come out and do good. Your players are a little more healthy. You've had time to relax and watch film, but there's also the other end, like, man, any momentum you kind of had kind of stalls a little bit with having a week off. Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of curious to see how they came from that bye week. And I think honestly, that's kind of why I picked Arizona for some reason. I was like, well, how are they going to come off of that going on the road against a Khalil Tate that I thought might be dangerous, but Arizona's playing that two quarterback system, having that other guy come in. And so they responded well. The Beefs came out, and man, there's no signs of slothfulness or laziness going on. So I was really, really happy and proud of the way they responded. Early on in the game, too, it's kind of a punch for punch. Both teams uh, getting blows on one another. But at some point in this game, I mean, in the in the third quarter, you it was forty two to nineteen beeves. Mm-hmm. To see us ahead by that much against a Pac twelve school is something I don't think Beaver fans have seen in a long time. To be ahead by that much over a Pac twelve school, let alone let's just say this a D one school. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there, I think that's growth in itself, and the defense held in there. Um, when we needed them to uh, in the game and allowed the offense to kind of, you know, get that lead. And it was enough of a cushion. And even if Arizona was trying to come back a little bit, you know, we responded again on offense too. Yeah. And, and that's very important to have that response. And also for one of the drives for Arizona, we kind of gave them a touchdown, not, not by letting them score, but we hit so many penalties one drive. Oh yeah. That it barely, it is basically marched them down the field. That is the one thing about this game that was kind of frustrating is those ways we just kind of shot ourselves in the foot mm-hmm. with the face masks and some of those roughing the passer calls over oh, kind of. I was like, it. seriously? Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, those were like, I mean, I, questionable. I don't think. Yeah, very questionable. But the face masks and horse collars and stuff like that, you just don't want to see too many of things of those, but... Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that guy was pretty short, and I think just at the level in which people reach, his face mask was just there. Yeah. I don't think there was any malicious intent. No, I just think no. it was just he had the perfect stature and size for when someone reached out for him. He's quick. His, and fast, his face mask get grabbed. It's, yeah. And I think there is something to be said about the penalties, right? So 12 pen- penalties that cost 120 yards for us, right? Yeah. Now, something that's being really consistent with this team this year is a turnover battle. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, no turnovers in this past game, so maybe I don't even want to just say turnover battle, but we don't we don't give up the football like we used to. Mm-hmm. I think We've we're been the so only, disciplined. I think we're the only team in the country that hasn't had a fumble on offense. Both of ours are Get interceptions. Out of here. Yeah, yeah, we have yeah. two interceptions. Those no are our fumbles. only turnovers. Yeah. No, which speaks even more to the testament of our running backs. Not only do they just you have two, like we said, go for over 100 yards. You have three that are active in this system, and yet and they get their zero touches. fumbles. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if in all fairness, I think Luton would still be uh, have no interceptions on him if it wasn't for the jinxing of the announcers for <laughs> the Utah game. Because, I, I mean, they just kept bringing up, bringing up, bringing up, bringing up, bringing up, and then... Which is true. Both of our interceptions this season are like deflections. The yeah, one yeah. off of the helmet and the other is just batted. Uh, batted, you know. So, so it wasn't even like a I true mean, yeah. like, interception throw. He, I mean, Luton's having a monster year. 
Like, I mean, if, if this continues, I mean, I'm I'm just saying, do not be surprised if this guy at least ends up on like a practice squad. He'll, for he'll make a squad, I think. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's got what it takes. So right now, he I mean, he's at over at 19,000 yards. Um, 19,000? 19, wow, 000. he is having a good year. How's he not uh, the Heisman? Uh, I know, right? Like, <laughs> 19,000? Oh, like, how's that even physically possible? Yeah. It's not. That's why, yeah, yeah, yeah. 1,900. He's over 1,900. It's hard to believe. Wow. Sometimes I surprise myself I have degrees. But <laughs> um, he's over. Hopefully everybody, like, continued listening to the podcast they were like nineteen thousand and paused it and told their friends like guess what no okay. um over 1900 yards uh right now 19 tds to the one interception i i mean man that is so and you amazing. want to see that so, for that guy you yeah. know a guy that's battled injuries it hasn't had a full season under his belt i mean what else could he ask for that's great i mean probably a lot of people counting him out i mean there yeah there's plenty of times i like I, I've always had a support, but I'm like, is, can he really like coming into this year? I kind of thought like maybe he'll be a little better, but this is like he, he looks like a new quarterback. This is this is what we've been waiting to well, see I mean, out of Luton. That's what what happens when you're healthy and confident and strong. And, and let's be honest, the old line's doing better at protecting. Well, them. I was yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, and when you get protection, yeah, and play calling, yeah, you right. know. So there's so many elements right now that are happening. You, you know what I'm excited about as well is the fact that Bradford's back. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, and first game back. I, I think with him being back, coming to the latter part of the season, is really going to help out us have a, another person um, in a receiver core that can take the heat off a little bit of Isaiah Hodgins. Yeah, that'll open him up. And then up. now that's going to open up. Now they got to like, oh, man, we got to worry about two guys, really. I mean, yeah. You still got Tyjon Lindsay. You still got – yeah. Champ Fleming, so I mean, I mean, all we're, those guys. we're spread out. Yeah. Noah Tongi, I mean, yeah, I, I really like the work, and I really he's appreciate really up. the incorporation of the tight ends and the playbook mm-hmm. um, for the season. I think it has worked wonders for us. Yeah, I mean, uh, when um, Noah's number's been called, he's been getting it right. I mean, because yeah. that was one of the things we were kind of waiting for the actual. Uh, completion some struggling a little bit actually you know catching the ball and now it's happening he kind of he jumped i mean i think that's that veteran experience he has and he you could tell he's working on his craft because yeah first in the season there was some questionable stuff some drop passes but man did he respond like not just kind of shutting down but kind of pushing the noise aside and man he's kind of completely 180 turn now he's mm-hmm. grabbing balls like Man, how do you catch that? And just clutch catches that have really helped this offense. And let's not forget about Hayes uh, stepping into the kicker role. Didn't have to uh, do any field goals this past game, but making the extra points and like those, it, it does add up. Yeah. And he, I mean, he had to he hook eight of those this yeah. past. <laughs> this yes. past His leg was moving. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, he was. But you, you want to see that consistency there. Yeah. That, that's. I mean, that is very true. You kind of look past that pretty easily, but yeah, extra points are important. Freshmen. So that's good for him. Let, let him get in the confidence. confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get that confidence built up, you know, um, on those extra points. Because I tell you what, his number may be called upon here in the remainder of the season. So at some point, it's probably going to get called upon. So. 
Uh, let's take a timeout. When we get back, we are going to go behind the mask, and we are going to preview Beavers football against the Washington Huskies at Research Stadium this Friday. You are listening to Built on Beast. Are you ready to have a wood or concrete product designed as the perfect accessory in your house or apartment? Well, look no further than Arete Woodworking. You can head on over to aretewoodworking.com, learn more about them as a company, get some quotes or see what products they've been designing lately. Follow them on Instagram at Arete Woodworking. You will not be disappointed. Welcome back to Built on Beeves. I'm Eric, joined by Zeke and Nate. It is time to go behind the mask with our lead detective, Nate. <laughs> That's right. Who has done a great job with this all season long. And this is, well, I a, that. this is a mascot you have done before. I have. So if you're a faithful listener, there will be a little bit of re- repetition, but I'll try to shift it up a little bit. Yeah, mix it. We'll see. Mix it up. So, Washington. They are the Huskies. But what were they before? They were something else before? Maybe. No? Is that rhetorical? That's what I'm about to, we don't know. That's what I'm about to say. I, I so, want to say that they were. I'm going to guess. Prior to 1920, we have to go back a little bit. They had two unofficial mascots. They had the Indians, like everyone had, I feel like. Um, and later, the Vikings. But neither seemed appropriate. So most kind of publications around that time just referred to the teams as purple and gold. Ah, the P&G. However, (laughs) midway through the year of 1920, the Associated Students of the University of Washington had an election to vote to adopt the Sun Dodger as its its official mascot. Basically, what this guy was, he's a a smiling figure named Sonny holding an umbrella but people thought it was kind of a negative reference to the city's rainy weather. And so in 1922, they kind of got rid of that. Here comes the Husky. So the committee considered several mascots. <laughs> They're showing pictures of it. They considered several mascots, took another look at the previously considered Husky as a potential winner. So and at a basketball game in early February 1922, the Husky was officially introduced. And it was favored because it was easy to cartoon. It had a fitting name for an athletic team, and it was short and easy to use in headlines. However, the Huskies actually use the breed Alaskan Malamute as their kind of figure because they're stronger and larger of the Husky breeds. So... Then they started implementing live dogs. So question for you guys, how many live mascots do you think they've gone through over the years? Or which one, what number do you think they're on right now? And it started in 1920? Two. 1922? Two. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say the average lifespan of a Husky is between 10 and 13 years. The Husky is probably well taken care of because there's the mascot. I'm going to go ahead and on a limb and say 12 to 15. That's too broad. You got to give me an exact number. <sighs> 14. I'm going to go um, a little higher. Okay. I'm going to go about 50 because I bet some of those dogs 50? were. T- I bet some of those dogs <laughs> oh were like, gosh. get me out of this. I'm retiring. <laughs> like, you know, whew. you or, know, they, they kind of might want to be like those uh, derby horses. That's when they're derby. Like, I'm done. 
Eric, yeah. like always, you're not too good at trivia games. <laughs> However, Zeke, you're always money on trivia games, and you got it on the dot. What? They're on their 14th live mascot, Dubs number two. He made his debut in the fall of 2018, traveling with the football team down to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl. And so he, like I said, is the 14th live mascot. He's born on January 4th, 2018. So alongside of the live mascot, we have Harry, the Husky, who is the masked mascot, he usually attends the events that the live ones don't make it to. And so he was... He's, what is he, Plan B? <laughs> I guess. So in 1995 was when he was implemented. So you got Harry and you got Dubs too. All right. And then the Sun Dodger comes out every couple years. Yeah, I think they've just <laughs> kind of moved along from the Sun Dodger. Now, now, Nate, did you see the Sun Dodger? I think I've seen him before when I researched him last time. Very. He's, can see why they moved on. I think we're worth looking up, listeners. Yes. Look up Sun Dodger. Um, this gentleman has a very nice bow tie. I will say, it's yeah, pretty big. So the sun, I I can see why they moved on, but definitely more unique. Yes, so, it's true. So now I do wonder if um, UW was the first Husky or not. So there's... I doubt I'm not sure about that, mascots. but however, I think they are the only team in the country that uses a live mascot that's different from their actual mascot. Because like I said, it's the Alaska Malamute. Okay. With the live one or the... The live one. Oh, okay. I think I read oh. that somewhere, but if not, don't quote me on it. So the the person in the costume should look like a... Regular husky, is that what they're going? Or they're going for the Malamute? What? I think we all just confuse each other. (laughs) I don't know. Let's move on. So, no, no, hold on. So, the live one is an Alaskan. The live one's a husky, or the live one, yeah, 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 is an Alaskan Malamute. So, I'm saying, is the person trying to be hairy supposed to be like a husky? husky? Okay, that's where I was going. Okay, but. An Alaskan Malamute is a is breed, a breed of, husky. of a husky. Yeah, okay. so I don't know. Maybe it's not accurate. Whatever. Whatever. I, I'm just gonna call them the PNG. Yeah, we're we're good. Uh, so this matchup this Friday at Research Stadium, 7:30 p.m. kickoff. Um, this is actually a FS1 game. Hold so no Pac-12 Network this time. So I I'd say that's an upgrade to be an FS1. Yeah. Friday nighter, Pac-12. I think you looked up the weather, Nate. Looks like it's going to be a pretty good it's night. Be out. a clear night. It will be chilly, so bring your blankets and jackets, hand warmers, beanies, scarves. You know the drill. We Nick, know it. Knickknacks. Patty whack. Good fall. I thought you were going to say give a dog game. a bone. I was waiting for it too. <laughs> well, I, didn't, I, didn't well catch here, it. I never say that, so that's not well, something I. I say. So. Anyways, so what are what are some of your initial thoughts on this matchup, fellas? I I seeing our dominance in the win against Arizona, I went ahead to look at the Utah and Washington game and I actually watched the highlights from that game and a little bit more. And I wanted to do a little bit of film study myself. I like it. I wanted to see what exactly the Beavers needed to do to get a W against Washington. And one of the things I noticed is that both with their defensive and offensive schemes, it's 
it's hard to read them. Not not in like that they're they're unreadable. Just that in they're they're very you don't know what you're gonna get with them. Like one drive they can be good, the other drive horrible. It, it is So they're a Pac twelve team. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And and it's just it was one of those things where just looking at them, definitely beatable. Definitely beatable. And I think it shows that in their record. Yeah. But also they have a few surprises up their sleeve that makes them a credible threat. And um, if the Beavers are going to get a win for this game, I think one of the most important things we need to do is play more smart. And by that, I mean we need to watch penalties. We, we can't make those mistakes with penalties against them because that won't go into our favor trying to get a W against them. I will be honest, I haven't done much scouting of Washington this year. I don't know too much about them, so what Zeke said was about as much as I've gotten. However, from initial feel, and maybe I'm going too far ahead, of the Washington schools, I actually think they're the one that's beatable for us, even though the uh, the Cougs are having a rough year too. They have the style that I think really will expose us, so I'm a little more nervous about them. I think this game's winnable. I know I say that a lot. Um, but historically, at least this year, at Reeser, we're not, something's not clicking. Which is odd. Which is odd. Very odd. I wonder if they're, maybe, maybe they're feeling less pressure on the road and, you know, like that mentality. Everyone's against us, you know, mm-hmm. and they, yeah. And so, um, I don't know. Definitely riding a big victory um, and a winning streak. So that's great. So, um, yeah, Oregon State coming in at four and four, three and two in the Pac 12. Washington at five and four, two and four in the Pac 12. So weird to say that I, for Washington. Like, like I said, they, they're weird, man. Are they're we weird sitting team. second in the North right now? Yes. We are behind about that? Oregon. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, last time we played Washington, um, Huskies won 42 to 23, um, and they've won the last seven games against us. So, um, definitely records some... are meant to be broken, you know? Yeah. And honestly, yeah, it seems are. like this year, that's what we're doing. We changing a lot of those surprises. big records around a lot of surprises. Yeah. They do have, they got some star power, um, on the offensive side of the ball, um, Eason potential 2020 NFL first round draft pick. So, um, he, he right now, um, has already thrown for 2,297 yards and 20 touchdowns this season. So, uh, it's pretty good. Okay. Very good. Um, they also have a couple stud defensive backs as well. Um, one actually from West Lynn. So, oh, okay. um, that's Molden over there, junior defensive back. Um, so, I, I think as far as Pac-12 goes, this seems like, I know it sounds generic, but they sound like most of the Pac-12 teams right now. Yeah. You know, I, I think you're starting to see a separation of who's on top uh, on each side of the conference. And it's clear that it's Utah and it's Oregon. And then everyone else is just trying to I, fight. Yeah. Everyone else is in a bitter fight. And then it's like Colorado. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Which it's not us, which is great. Exactly. So um, no, it's it's that's pretty it's pretty awesome. Um, I did want to confirm a couple things too. So um, I did find that it is true we have yet to commit a fumble 
So, so there has never been a team in the NCAA, like in the history, that has ever gone an entire season without a fumble. Oh, so it's that year, guys. I, <laughs> We're gonna shatter all kinds. That'd of be a great record to be, but. But yeah, just two turnovers, three eight games. The next best team in the FBS is San Diego State with four. Pretty crazy stuff how we've yeah. taken care of the football. And Let's it's not go. like we're just kneeling the football down every time we get the ball. <laughs> so we're doing some, like, we're an active offense, which is the crazy mm-hmm. part about that. Um, so right now the spread is uh, sitting at uh, 10. So Washington is uh, minus 10 and we are plus 10. So Washington is favored the favored by 10 points um seems pretty realistic i I like seeing the spread start to get smaller and smaller as we continue to rack up some wins here Mm -hmm. um so let's get into predictions for this game uh nate i'm gonna start with you today okay yeah like i said i'm a little (laughs) i'm a little stunned right now i'm not used to picking wrong so excuse me here let's go over our records very quick yeah 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 i'm seven to one I'm, I'm basically the Beavers' record. Are you four and four? Are you sure you're that good? Yeah, I think you're like he, he only picks them, so um, that's true. No, I, I don't. What's my record? I See, don't we don't even know, know our record. We just, I just know Nate's know I'm winning. I'm seven and one, so that's all I care all right, about. Well, 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 you know my rule: don't do math on here. So we'll figure it out sure. for next week. But um, you're in the lead date, so yeah. Like I said, I just I'm not feeling good about the Beavers being at home, which is a weird thing to say. It's a Friday night game, but this Beavers team surprised, so I could see them winning. I think I say that every time, just because I'm that's what I say. However, I'm gonna have to go with the Huskies on this one. I think the way the Beavers win is their offense has to continue to ride off of what they did against Arizona, and then the defense is just gonna have to commit turnovers. If there's no turnovers this game, forced by our defense, I think we're losing. Okay. Well, before I give my prediction, I'm going to give the keys to us winning. Okay. We need to really watch penalties. We need to not get penalties. And hopefully we have a good um, um, referee core to referee our game to help with that. Um I also think that Washington's defense is not ready for our um, two running backs. With Jamar Jamar Jefferson being back healthy, I think that double threat of having him, uh, Artavius Pierce, and even B.J. Beller back there um, is something that they're probably not ready for. And it's something they haven't been able to really scout about either because there's only been really so many games with both Artavius and Jamar um, in the backfield. So, I, I, as far as offensively, I feel really good. Defensively, uh, piggybacking off what Nate said, we need a turnover. We need a turnover. Um, and I think that could really help shift momentum our way. And defensively, we need to watch again on the penalties. But that being said, if this was the beginning of the year, I probably would say I think Washington maybe sneak out one on us. But how the bees playing, I like it. I like how they feel. I like how they look. And I'm going with the Beavers. <laughs> there we go. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, I think for sure we're in for a close game. 
uh, no doubt about it. And um, I, I, I do think this Washington offense is is going to give us some problems defensively. Um, but at the same time, I, I wish that Utah game never happened because I still think we have the best offense in the Pac-12. And I think we're going to be able to see them do some stuff, even though Washington has a couple guys on as defensive backs, some uh, pass blockers, which has been a problem for Luton in the past, um, having passes blocked. Um, but I, I think with that dual backfield, um, I would even got to give credit to the coaching staff, the way we've been scheming like these last two matchups, especially this last one with what we were able to do. I think we're going to find a way to work it, work it out offensively and um, stay in the game, despite um, maybe the defense having some struggles with Washington offense. So um, I think this is going to be a punch for punch battle. I think you're going to see, I I don't know if I want to say a straight up shootout, but I, I think this is going to be, I don't think either team is going to be ahead by double digits at any time in this game. I really think it's going to be close throughout. And I think what it may come down to, I said it earlier, I actually think it's going to come down to a Hayes field goal attempt um, Attempt. from the Beavers. Yes. And he's going to knock it in. And we are going to be celebrating on a Friday night in Corvallis. I'll be storming the field. For a Pac-12 win at home, which you'd have to date back to, I think, the Civil War with Gary Anderson the last time we won a Pac-12 game at Research Stadium, to be honest with you. So you're going back to 2015? 16, 17, 16. I think it was 2015. I'm going to be honest. No, it was 16. Okay, whatever. You're you're going back more than one season. That's a lot. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I do think Hayes comes through and the Beavers will uh, prevail. So I am going with the Beavers on that. Nice. Okay. So there we go. Nate's got the Huskies, me and Zeke got the Beavs. So uh, let's take a timeout. When we get back, we are going to do the rundown. You're listening to Built on Beavs. Are you headed to Reeser this Friday to tailgate? Or are you just staying at home and watching the game from the comforts of your house? Either way, head on over to ablossominglife.com to find healthy, warm, soothing recipes that will just take care of all those hunger needs you may have delicious meals, along with other just helpful hints and tools to make your life healthy and fun. So head on over to blossominglife.com or go on over to Instagram, follow Amy at A Blossoming Life. Welcome back to Built on Beeves. I'm Eric, joined by Zeke and Nate, and now it is time to do the rundown. The rundown. The rundown. Get us started, Zeke. Hey, with men's basketball, we're going against the California State University of Northridge Matadors. Today at 8 p.m., hopefully by the time you're listening to this podcast, they have tipped off the ball. Um, And just to preview two upcoming games, we have men's basketball playing in Gill Coliseum against the Iowa State Cyclones on Saturday, November 9th. And then they're going to make a trip up to Portland, Oregon on Tuesday, November 12th to play against the Oklahoma Sooners. Men's basketball getting started. So is women's basketball. So they've had a couple exhibitions. They also played Team USA yesterday in a loss 58-81. You're playing Team USA. Understandable. But they actually get things officially started 
with the WNIT starting this Saturday against UC Irvine. And then going next week throughout the whole week, the WNIT in Corvallis. So they'll, they'll have a game Monday, Thursday, and Sunday as well. So the 11th, 14th, and 17th. Right now, the Oregon State women's basketball team is going to be starting the season ranked seventh in the country. Nice. And to women's soccer, uh, they're currently on a three-game losing streak in the Pac-12. Pac-12 has been very tough. Um, next, coming up for them this Thursday at 7 p.m. at Paul Lorenz Field in Corvallis, they're going to be playing the Oregon Ducks for the soccer version of the Civil War. And that's going to end off Pac-12 play in the season for women's soccer. Men's soccer right now, they are 7-5-1 and on a two-game win streak, 4-2-1 uh, in the conference. So they've had a little bit of a break. Their last match um, was October 27th. That was a 3-2 win over UCLA. They get back in action this Thursday against Stanford at home here in Corvallis. That is a 4 p.m. match. And then also this upcoming Sunday, November 10th, 1 p.m. here in Corvallis against Cal. So that is going to do it for our rundown. That was it. Nice, quick, short one. That's what's going on right now. Um, let's wrap this show up. Remember, listen, subscribe, and share the show and follow us on our social media outlets. You can also contact us by emailing builtonbees at gmail.com. For Zeke and Nate, I'm Eric. Thanks for listening. We are Built on Bees.